This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. That time where we turn our attention to headlines from around the region. One of the things we'll be taking a look at, the success of a trilateral cooperation agreement among Malaysia, Indonesia and the Philippines. It's led to the elimination of kidnappings in the waters in their region. Previously, it was a concern. Well, not anymore, it looks like. There's another issue. Myanmar's top general has vowed to annihilate opposition forces. We'll find out more about that. And the Philippines and the US kick off their largest ever war games amid tensions in the South China Sea. On the line with us, Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Alec. Good morning, Bucky. I'm doing well. Thank you. Let's start off with some good news. Malaysia, Indonesia, Philippines, they've praised the success of a 2017 agreement to conduct joint patrols and share intelligence about activities in the waters in their region, which was once prone to kidnappings. They've pledged to deepen the pact. Uh, tell us about this agreement. It's the TCA Indo-Malfi Ministerial Meeting. It's, it's a mouthful. Could you tell us more? Well, you know, uh, this is the trilateral meeting between Malaysia, Indonesia and Philippines. And the main, uh, the main concern has always been security concerns in the Sulu and Sulawesi seas. And this tripartite grouping has actually come, uh, um, has come away with some kind of positive results. You know, they've enhanced uh, security in the, in the Sulu and Sulawesi seas, mm. and they've beefed up intelligence sharing too. So that's, all of this has produced some positive results, actually, because, for instance, there were zero incidents of kidnapping for ransom mm. reported in the year 2021, you know. So it does show that this TCA thing is on the right track. And ministers who met this week are also considering, apart from, you know, increasing the presence of their navies in these, these waters, they're also exploring land-based exercises, closer intelligence uh, sharing and those kind of stuff. So clearly this is, this is, this is positive, especially for a region that, you know, uh, that's going to see growth in that area with Indonesia moving, you know, its capital to, to Kalimantan. So these, these areas are going to be fairly interesting and it's going to be, you know, security is going to be a big uh, concern if investors are going to go pour in, you know. Right, for sure. And since you mentioned Indonesia, inflation is really hitting them hard, isn't it? The party backing President Joko Widodo is now urging Indonesians to start boiling, steaming and roasting food instead of frying it as the price of edible oil is surging. As the world's largest Muslim population heads into the fasting month, how much of an issue will this be for them? And, you know, some people are saying, look, Indonesia is the world's largest crude palm oil producer. Why is this a problem for them? Well, you know, Bhakti, you're right. You know, this is a big issue, big political issue. And it's uh, as the country heads towards this, this is the largest Muslim population, too, as you pointed out, heads to Ramadan. This is, is becoming painful, actually, because this rising fuel price, food costs, are largely spooked by, are spiked by cooking oil prices. And it's the largest oil producer. And crude palm oil is mainly the main ingredient for cooking oil. The government has tried to come up with subsidies and a whole lot of stuff. But all, that's, all that has produced is more hoarding, actually. So this crisis is not going to go away. And it is going to be a political issue, you know, and these things are very, very sensitive in Indonesia. I mean, one would recall in when strongman Suharto fell way back in 1998, it was all because of 
soaring food prices that were caused by the plummeting currency. So food issues are very, very sensitive in, in Indonesia and they need close watching. We're on the line this morning with Leslie Lopez, Straits Times Regional Correspondent. Uh, Leslie, let us move on to the issue out of Myanmar, where their army chief, uh, Min Ang Liang, has said that the junta will annihilate coup opponents. Uh, the military, of course, stage a show of force on the anniversary of uh, its bloodiest crackdown so far in democracy protests. How could this potentially cause a repeat of last year's violence? I mean, will the tougher, or how does the tougher measures, you know, stack up against the previous one? What what else can compel the junta to even consider changing course here? Well, you know, and it, this is, this is um, I think, the story that we've been covering and that in this matter has have only taken more nasty turns. Mm. And it looks like this is still the case. And this hard stance comes at a time when ASEAN is trying to mediate, but with little success. I think it's troubling. Clearly, the military has seen that you know, it has been unable to quell the opposition. And the, the civil disobedience is just growing by the day. Yeah. And I think, you know, each time when these kind of things happen, they realize that, you know, it's, it's um, at a time when, you know, you've got inflation, you've got a whole lot of problems. The military feels that, you know, if he's not getting anywhere, and they only know how to how to react with, with, you know, with stronger arm tactics. Yeah. So this is going to be, it's not going to be pretty. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Now, Leslie, let's take a look at developments on the Philippine and U.S. front as well, because they've launched the largest ever joint military drills in the archipelago, uh, signaling deepening defense ties. And all of this is coming as fresh tensions are surfacing in the disputed South China Sea. Tell us more about what you think has brought this about. Has there been a sentiment change on the Philippine front? We must remember that President Rodrigo Duterte previously threatened to cancel exercises and axe a key military deal with the U.S. as he was pivoting towards China. Well, you're right about it. Uh, since taking power in 2016, Duterte has moved closer to China. But, you know, he's faced a pushback from the Philippine public and concerns of in the military wary of uh, you know the territorial ambitions of China in these uh, the waters near the the country. So you know I think this this these war games with the with the U.S. It comes at a time also we have to take into account the backdrop of the upcoming Philippines elections, especially when you know the public isn't too keen about you know Duterte's the outgoing president Duterte's uh, pivot towards China. So I think we're going to see probably more cooperation with the U.S. in these areas. And it's going to be interesting what the new incoming president will decide, you know, whether he will continue to pivot, he or she will continue to pivot uh, towards China or move uh, uh, towards the United States to kind of, you know, provide a balance to China's expansion in the region. All right. Leslie, final issue, and we head to Thailand for this one with the premise that Prayut chan has slipped into second position uh, in an opinion poll as the number of undecided voters uh, shrunk amid speculation of an early general election. Okay, what's fueling all of this? And can you tell us about the leader of the opposition party that is now leading this opinion poll? Uh, okay, Prime Minister Prayut actually is popularity slipping, largely because of his government's handling of the pandemic and also soaring 
inflation in the country. So really the, the economic conditions and, you know, the health crisis have really hurt his popularity. And the person who's, who's sort of like uh, benefiting from this is uh, Peter Lim Jarrod, who is the leader of the opposition party, also known as the Move Forward Party. He's a well-educated businessman in his early 40s, a very popular pick among young voters who are, you know, not satisfied with the lack of institutional reforms. And this is one of the his key selling points. You know, he's he's pushing for uh, more adherence to fundamental rights, freedoms, and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So the Move Forward Party and Jita, they they are leveraging on these uh, these. Uh, uh, this disillusionment with the ordinary folk and clearly getting some kind of traction. And this could be interesting. You know, we're expecting elections in Thailand possibly sometime later this year. So this could be interesting time for politics in Thailand. Thank you so much, Leslie, for filling us in on all of these key developments. Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent at The Straits Times. You stay safe and take care, Leslie. Thank you, Bobby. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.